Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. to be back with you folks once again we're just cruising down through the book of psalms these songs in the night we're on psalm 132 we're on part two we did part one up to verse nine with us again is pastor tony miller and of course my co-host my friend who's always here except when she has covid she only missed a couple days which is pretty cool uh stephanie wesco so stephanie ladies first what's going on with you this morning well good morning doug um i have a lot going on um we have a PTSD camp coming up here soon in um, Wisconsin. So I'm trying to start thinking through all of that. And um, right after that, I head to Southland Christian Camp down in Ringgold, Louisiana for about 10 days to do two different ladies retreats. So I've got a lot on my mind um, trying to get all those lots of lessons to prepare and all that fun stuff. Wow. And that's a lot going on. Now, Pastor Miller, I, you had mentioned that uh, you may be doing some traveling next week, I guess, to go see some kiddos up in Delaware, oh, yes. grandkids. My, my yeah. youngest son and three grandchildren. Wow. Yeah, it's a, a joy. Uh, they go to a good church, uh, school, those uh, kids, and Amen. we just love them. Eight, six, and three years of age, our youngest oh, grandkids. Oh, man, what a blessing that'd be, eight, six, and three. And... Uh, well, that's great. So pray for Pastor Miller as he, by the time you hear this, so you're going to be hearing this next Thursday, I believe. Let me see. No, next Friday. So you're going to be hearing this on a Friday. And uh, just be praying for Pastor Miller. That's the weekend he's going to be heading. He's going to be heading north to see his kids and his grandkids. And that's pretty cool. And Pastor Miller, not only has Pastor Miller ministered to me over the years, his wife is our church pianist and uh, was our main church pianist for years. I mean, every time we turn on uh, a recording of the services when we were doing recordings and uh, when we were out on the road, every time we were in church, they ministered to us. So you might be a knucklehead if, Pastor, are you ready to answer one of those? You might be a knucklehead if. Really, uh, you might be a knucklehead if you don't read your Bible every day. There it is. There it is. Drop the microphone. That's the one. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, even even if you haven't, you got to go in and find them, right? So you need to be reading your Bible every day. So one thing I do, I've started doing, I don't know if this is some great sin or anything, but I read my Bible while I listen to my Bible being read. <laughs> it's really helped me now. And I keep notes in my Bible. And uh, I don't know if you guys do it that way, but that's been kind of fun lately. I like on version to many times have it right there visually and hearing the audio. That's what you're talking about. That's exactly what I do every morning. Yeah. I walk into trees, all kinds. I'm walking down the road. I'm, I'm looking at you version and it's reading. <laughs> and it's reading, man. That's I'm, great. I'm out in my garden and many times I've had my devotions, but you know, I, I'm a gardener now and uh, spend a lot of time outside and I have the U version on and you can go through the Bible in 70 hours. Wow. Just listening to it. Wow. And, that, and you know, that hangs with you. It sticks with you. And old Job this morning, you know, Job was getting a little testy this morning. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, Job was like, basically, hey, 
try to be me, all right? You know, and his friends there, they're all knuckleheads. And then the one friend before Christ, he was okay. The dross comes to the surface when the fire gets hot in all of us, doesn't oh. it? Oh, it sure does. It needs to be scraped off by God. That's yeah, for sure. That's what he was doing. Yeah, just scraping it off. and Purifying him. Purifying. So, folks, you might be a knucklehead if you're not reading your Bible. And, and make time. Make time for your Bible. Uh, make it your main thing in the morning. Get that out of the way. And uh, then the next one, book. We're going to go ahead and give this one to Stephanie. Then we'll do the next two with Pastor Miller again. But, Stephanie, one of your favorite books, uh, a book that's right with God. We skipped from food to books. Well, Doug, um, one of the, there's two books, but I'll only do one today. There's two books that the Lord really used to help me. Um, one after Charles was killed and then one when I was going through my liver trial. So I think I'll go with the one when Charles was killed today. Um, but I was really struggling and I honestly could not. And I think this is very common for people that have been through trauma. Um, it really does affect your brain. Yeah. Literally. No, it does. And, um, I did not have what you call ADHD prior to Charles death. I mean, I could sit and read for hours and hours and hours and get engrossed in a book. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's just how I had been. And then Charles was killed and suddenly I could barely read a Psalm. And it's not because I didn't want to, I just did not have a good attention span. It was literally like my brain, like I had to be moving. I had to be, you know, you're hyper alert. So every noise, you're losing your concentration and your focus. And um, a family in our church got me a book written by Johnny Erickson Tata. And I'm looking it up because I always mess up the title. So I'm making sure I have the title right. But I'm pretty sure it's called Beside Bethesda. Oh, that's a good book. um, Beside Bethesda, 31 Days Toward Deeper Healing by Johnny Erickson Tata. And God really used that book. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a place where you can't handle a long, you know, looking at a book overwhelms you. These are tiny chapters. And there's 31. It's meant to go through in a month. And you could do it over and over if you needed to. But the Lord really used that book um, to help me. Amen. And I knew Johnny knew what it was like to suffer. And so I could read that book and I wasn't cynical. I didn't, I I trusted her if I can put it that way. And um, that book really made a difference in my life. Yeah. And and just for those of you who don't know, Johnny Erickson Tata. So Johnny is a a lady and uh, uh, they, they gave her the name Johnny, I guess after her father or whatever, but Johnny was a, an athlete, a swimmer, a lot, you know, as pastor Miller described his life, uh, being a young gentleman there in the prairies in Colorado and then getting hurt. But luckily, Pastor Miller didn't get hurt quite the way Johnny. Johnny was an athlete. She was at the beach. She was a swimmer. And she just jumped in the ocean. and uh, Diving in. Dove in head first and uh, hit a rock. And yeah. is, is a, a quadriplegic. I mean, she has a little bit of arm movement. And uh, she has a ministry. And, boy, she's helped a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of ladies, make sense of uh, – the kind of trauma that she had. She has a devotional book that goes through the whole year. Wow. And my wife's been reading that this year, and often she'll say, boy, this, look what I got. <laughs> so you ladies you ladies would do well yeah. to get her yearly devotional book. You know, kind of like Spurgeon had that, yeah. Streams in the Desert. Yeah, yeah, I read that all the time. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so there we go. There's, there's, you got, you got like uh, three recommendations, or you have three <laughs> recommendations now, folks, out of one. Thank you for that, Stephanie. So as we move on in Psalm 132, we want to go ahead and start with this second half and get these questions asked. And I'm going to pull the Bible up under me so I can actually read it from a little bit of a distance, but look at it straight on. So hopefully I won't mess up. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of the body will I set upon thy throne. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore. For the Lord hath chosen Zion, and he hath desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priests with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There will I make the horn of David to bud. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. His enemies will I clothe with shame, but upon, upon himself shall his crown flourish. Wow, so much going on there in the second half of Psalm 32. Uh, continues on in my my ideas of these God's promises, God's covenant, the covenants he makes, and reminding God. I mean, uh, Stephanie, back at you first today, uh, as we went through the second half of Psalm 132, what, what jumped out to you? Well, I something that points out that I, that something that struck me, sorry, my brain is clogged with allergies or something. <laughs> um, verse 12 if thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore. And I remember when I was reading this last night, um, being reminded, I'm a mom, okay, so I, I always tend to look at verse, if a verse involves, says the word children, I'm looking at it saying, okay, what am I supposed to get from this? And just that concept of the responsibility that's given to us, um, to teach our children. And I know this was specifically talking to David, but that verse that says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And just the responsibility that's given to us, not just to train our children verbally. Okay. We can fill their heads with a ton of head knowledge, but David's son, Solomon, who ended up building the temple, he saw the zeal that his father had for the Lord to do this. And, you know, the whole story of Solomon, again, is is a story of God's grace. You know, Solomon came from David and Bathsheba, who, you know, ended up married because David killed Bathsheba's husband. I mean, it's just like this roller coaster story. And yet God chose Solomon and made him a trophy of his grace and he became the wisest man who ever lived out of that, out of that disastrous situation. You can see how God brought beauty out of ashes. And the, the fact that David taught Solomon, he did fulfill this verse and that he taught Solomon about God's covenant and his testimonies. And Solomon was that fulfillment of sitting you know, he was the next son to sit on the throne after David. And that really stood out to me of, am I, am I teaching my children, not just verbally, but in my life, am I teaching my children what the Lord's 
promises to them are, that they're seeing God's promises true in their lives because of how our home is run, because of what they're seeing God do through our family, and that they would see that testimony of God's faithfulness. That really just um, challenged me again last night with the responsibility that's given to us as parents. Yeah, no, that's really good. And Pastor Miller, uh, looking at the second half of Psalm 132, what's coming to your mind? Well, it's a kind of a switch. The first part of this chapter we saw was God to remember David's afflictions and trials and to remember David's vow, I want to build you a house and I want you to have a place to dwell. Now it is a matter of not David swearing or vowing, it's God vowing. Amen. There's a switch there when it comes and it says, uh, for the servant David's sake, verse 11, the Lord has sworn in truth unto David. So David was vowing to God in the first part of this, I want to build you a habitation. And God has come and said, yes, I want Zion, this specific place to be my habitation. Now, he didn't get to build it. Solomon got to build it. And, but he says, if you will obey my covenant that I'm teaching you and your children, if you will do that, I promise you, you are going to have a temple and a place to worship me. But he gives five things at the end. God is saying, I promise you these five things if you will just obey me. And if you mm-hmm. start verse 15, I will abundantly bless her with provisions. That, that's material and food. Verse uh, 16, I will clothe her priest with salvation or righteousness and her saints. There will be a worship spirit that I will give you that is right. And then mm-hmm. verse 17, I'll make the horn of David to bud the authority. The horn speaks of power, rule, and authority. And I will, I will make that authority on David's descendants. I've ordained a lamp for mine anointed. That, and David's his anointed one. But also in this promise is the Messiah. Your mm-hmm. descendants are going to sit upon your throne forever. Well, the Israel kingdom ended. But one day it is going to be renewed and Jesus Christ is going to reign upon the earth. So this is messianic as well. David's descendant Jesus. And then he says, his enemies will I clothe with shame. He clothed Israel with righteousness and salvation. He says, I'm going to clothe your enemies with shame. Military. I mean, you go right down it. And I think that's a lesson for us as believers. Yeah. But it's also a lesson for our nation. If we would turn to God and make him our God, we would have many of these blessings. And the reason we're losing some of these great blessings that are promised to Israel, I think, is because we've been a nation that tried to honor God, and now we're turning from him. Yeah, We're going to lose materially. We're going to lose our children in blessing. We're going to lose military power. We, we need to wake up. And so, you know, and here's a good thing, going back to what Pastor Miller just said, and it's right on. I mean, it's my commentary that I always have open Warren Worsby. I, I I always tell you folks, I use about four commentary, and I always carry Warren Worsby's commentary on Psalms. It's just really good. I, I just like it. But this is what I was thinking of uh, as Pastor Miller was just talking, and as he wrapped that up in the promises from God, I, I love that. I love the provision. I will, I will, I will. Uh, yeah, I love seeing those promises. How 
okay, let me start two questions. So let me go backwards first. Before I get to the how, let me say, how did you see this happen or, or why? So you're 73 years old. You were saved probably, what do you think, 60 years ago? Yeah, I was 10 and a half when I got saved. So more than almost 65 Six, years ago. Yeah, 62 yeah. years. 62 years ago you were saved. Now what have you seen in Christendom change-wise? Uh, from the time, and I know you were probably getting out of high school, starting college when you got right with God. So I know you were saved, and you've yeah. made this comment a few times to me, and I've heard you make it a lot of times in church, that some of the most miserable people on earth are people who are saved outside of God's will. And you said, yeah. I can tell you that because I was that guy. Yeah. So after you went through the most miserable guy on earth, we're going to go back to that in a couple more Psalms and talk about your misery. But on this point, what happened between when you got right in 2021, what are we seeing in Christianity that went wrong? Well, I think basically the statement that I would make is that we're trying to be conformed to the world and yeah. have the world's acceptance yeah. instead of being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans 12, too. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And what the real issue is, is instead of our being in the world to be a witness, the world has gotten into us as Christians, and now we're being like it. And we're not, there's not a distinctiveness of Christians from the unbeliever. You know, mm. we're, we're being, our divorce rate, our, the things we do, the places we go, even the music we go to, we're going for the world's music rather than God's music. We're trying to pull it. Then in your mind, are we trying to pull God a lot of times into our ch into our churches, or are we trying to pull something else to mix with God into our churches? I mean, you know what I'm saying? If we if we get out of our car, if 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 John unsaved gets out of his car and goes in uh, Lucky One Church, and the music's exactly the same, and the talking style's exactly the same. And the lives are the same. The lives being lived, the attitudes are the same. The, the immorality, the pornography, yeah. the car carnal ways of people, if they're the same, what, what does this guy need our Christianity yeah. for? If, it, yeah. if it, it doesn't change us. Mm. And so there, he says, I'm going to clothe you with salvation and righteousness in this passage. Best thing you can be clothed with. Yeah, right there. Verse 9 says, let thy priests be clothed with righteousness and let thy saints shout for joy. Now, there ought to be, when someone comes into a service, not dead and dry and we're, uh, you know, we're not going to do anything. No, we ought to have an enthusiasm. That word enthusiasm literally comes from two Greek words, in, meaning, inside, and theos means God, God in yeah. us. Yeah. Ought to give an inspiration, and Stephanie mentioned this in our last time together. You can have all the standards right on music and not be worldly music, but no enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the zeal of the Lord that he's talking about, and God says, you start obeying me and doing what I say, you're going to have that zeal in your heart. Yeah. Enthusiasm. Yeah, enthusiasm. And there we go. And, and those were the two points we're getting at. How and what What do we do? And I, I think it's exactly right. You know, and what you save people to is, is what you save them with is what you save them to. You yeah. know, so mm. if church becomes about music, if church becomes about connections and community, um, 
you know, I, I had a guy one time who wrote that God is about community. Well, God's more than just about community. He's not about community the way it sits right now. I understand what the brother is trying to say, yeah. Yeah. but he's presenting it in a way where I don't go and knock on doors. I don't do this. I don't do that. You know, I go out, I live this lifestyle evangelism. And boy, that would be hard to, to, for me to live a lifestyle evangelism. I wouldn't know how to do that. I mean, I give people tracks, I share the gospel, but I don't understand how I live a life good enough for someone to say, hey, Doug, you live really good. Tell me about God. That's never happened yeah. to me. And uh, uh, that that's never happened to me. So I don't know. I think that's really good, Pastor Miller, Stephanie. I think that's really good. Stephanie, closing shot. You got about 30, 45 seconds. Anything you want to wrap with on 132? Well, I think what you were just saying, I was thinking down that trail of, I think true lifestyle evangelism means it it is every part of you involved. Mm. God gave us all the senses. Yeah. He didn't just give us the sense of walking. He gave us the ability to talk. He gave us the ability to communicate. And um, if we are truly consumed with lifestyle evangelism, call it whatever you want to call it, it is going to involve you opening your mouth. It's going to involve you sharing. Yeah. yeah you know, no. Sharing and showing go together. Yeah, no, I think they do. I think that's good. And thank you so much. And we're going to get real deep. We've got a couple short psalms right in a row. We're going to get deeper with Pastor Miller and uh, Sister Stephanie and I will ask a lot of questions and things of that nature. But we want you to listen to this song. But more important than the song you're going to listen to from our new CD is our brother Eric in production. He's going to be sharing the truth with you about knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we want you to listen to every single word of that. That's it's so important to us, folks. And, and uh, uh, you know, there is nothing on this side of heaven, nothing, nothing that should get in the way of you listening to the gospel message of Jesus Christ because that's as good as it gets down here and uh, just knowing that he can save you. All right, folks, we love you. We look forward to talking with you real soon. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, have a great day. When Elijah got discouraged by the threats of that wicked queen to the
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.